It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what is going on, sir? Not much. We got a furious turnaround. It's Thanksgiving week, so we've got to get this game broken down and then put it aside and move on to the next one very quickly. Uh, I yeah, I, didn't say, I, I don't even know where to start with this game. W- where would you like to start, Landon? Would you want to start on offense, defense, or the most important thing, special teams? <laughs> um, you know, I, I think we should start with – We could really, we could start anywhere. I think the stories all kind of lead to the same road yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. So uh, let's let's start with the defense. Okay. Um I personally, I don't think the defense played all that bad in this game. And please tell me if you're wrong. They gave up 13 points, but you really can attribute what seven of those points to special teams because they started the ball inside of the you know the Cowboys 20 yard line. Uh, the longest drive they gave up all game was 47 yards, and that actually led to a missed field goal. Uh, so it wasn't like New England was moving the ball up and down, uh, you know, on them in the second, you know, on, in the game. Uh, I want to read the the second half you know yardage total by the the Patriots by drive six yards 14 yards seven yards 38 yards that led to a field goal 34 yards punt 10 yards uh you know that was the end of the game uh, you tell me Landon because I think the defense played maybe its best game of the season so far I definitely thought so I mean I, I think that the defense as a whole um especially in the back half of the game I was playing exceptionally well, and and was was more than carrying their load of, of the of the the their their ver, their amount of the load. I would say, um, mm-hmm. I, I yeah, I think that it, it was to the point where, um, you know, it, it it felt like the Cowboys' defense had kind of gotten gotten it figured out to a certain degree, right? Like that they had. Uh, uh, they had figured out what what New England was doing to them, and and basically had figured out how to slow them down and stop. And th- there's a high level of confidence on the back end of the of the game in the defense's ability to stop and or prevent uh, Brady from getting down the field. I mean, there's always that that thought process that it's Brady, and you know, mm-hmm. last minute he could drive down the field and score a touchdown. But I think for the most part, you felt about as confident as you could. Uh, uh, as you know, at the moment of being in New England and and stopping uh, a Tom Brady led offense, I mean, I think you right. If I would have told you, you know? going into this, I was going to say if I was going to tell you going into this game that the Patriots would have twelve possessions at home 
and they were only going to score 13 points, you would take that every single time, right? It, uh, obviously, there's things you can point to to say, you know, there's situations where the Cowboys could have been better. They maybe could have made some turnovers. But all in all, uh, I, I don't think the defense deserves any blame in this loss. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would say, you know, I mean, I think they're all there's some blame to go around everywhere, but I, yeah, I would say that of the three units, if we were going to measure who is the most to blame for what happened, you'd have to say that the defense, especially the second half of that game, uh, was the least to blame. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Cowboys offense. Uh, it was not great on uh, Sunday. Dak Prescott, 19 of 33, 212 yards passing. He had the interception to, uh, Stephon Gilmore that was targeted for Amari Cooper. Um, he had a quarterback rating of just 64. Uh, the running game wasn't great either. 21 carries for Ezekiel Elliott for 86 yards. Tony Pollard had a couple nice runs. Uh, Prescott didn't do much. And then the receivers, uh, you had a lot of drops from the group. Uh, Randall Cobb was your leading receiver at four catches for 86 yards. How do you think the Cowboys offense played in this one? I, I mean, I think that we have to – you know, a lot of what's it's it's funny to me, kind of, because I now famously, I guess, not going on Twitter during the game, but it's funny to me, like hopping on Twitter afterwards, like how there is very little mention about the effect that the weather had in this game, and it was a major effect of what was happening in this game. I mean, for both sides, yeah. For, for sure. oh, for sh- no, no, no. I, I definitely for both sides, and and, and I think actually it kind of goes back to the Cowboys' ability to uh, on the defense to stop the off uh, the Patriots' offenses. They had to play in those same conditions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, I think that the there are certain players in that offense that it took them a while to get comfortable playing in those conditions and i don't know that some players ever got comfortable playing in those positions uh in, in those you know that kind of situation with the weather the wind the way it was the, the how wet it was um jason witten does he count as one witten certainly counts as one um, yeah he, but he's certainly he, not the, maybe but he's certainly not the oh, only right. one like you know right jarwin dropped a couple of things at least one pass i, I mean i thought that Cobb, even though he caught that pass, you know that ball yeah. slipped right out of his hand as soon as as soon as it got punched. Um, yeah, actually, then he had he had he had that, and then he had two other drops in the game. Yeah, yeah, I think I think Cobb is a great example. I think Michael Gallup was another one. Yeah, there was a play early in the first half where uh, it was a third down and cover zero, where you know Prescott threw him a slant, just hit right off his fingers, and when you see how much room he had to run after that play. Uh, that that's a big miss right there. I also think that there is, and I jokingly, but almost kind of seriously asked Danny Houston, you know, during the game, what, what is Dax on and off splits for having the glove? Because I really feel like he started throwing the ball much better once he put the glove did, on yeah. and, and adjusted that. I mean, look, I, I think that overall, uh, you know, the weather played a huge part of this. Um, but I thought that outside of a ill-advised throw by Dak uh, on the interception, I thought that for the most part, performance-wise, that the offense played pretty good. I, I actually think that this was not a like abysmal performance by the offense as much as 
a good offense playing a very good defense in uh, atrocious weather conditions. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. that, you know, if you go back and watch, uh, I mean, I'm going to talk about it a lot, so I can go ahead and mention it now. I Outside of three major penalties that, to me, none of which were close to real and yep. had major effects. I, honest to God, no. I mean, I think that changes the outlook of how everything looks with this offense uh, to me. Uh, you know, because it's not just that they ca- had three penalties. It was the timing of them and how they kind of weaved into wh- wh- what had happened on the actual play that got negated, right? Um, right. I, I, yeah, I think that outside of that, they, the, the, the offense really started to right the ship and um, – and and you know in the fourth quarter when in, in, when they had the wind at their back as opposed to in their face, uh, it felt like they were able to get something going, uh, and uh, unfortunately it just kind of got cut short by, I you know a series of bad calls. I mean like seriously, we should have mm-hmm. a whole conversation about that last the end of the game. We're we're going to yeah. let's take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about the officiating. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, um, to no surprise, uh, the Cowboys were on the short end of the stick uh, once again when it comes to officiating. I Listen, I put this out on Twitter yesterday, and people were just calling me a homer and blah, 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 blah. No, absolutely not. But it, but it's, it's a disturbing trend. Let's at least put it that way. Um, I think Tyron, for I don't know what Tyron did to tick off the officials, but man, some of the calls that he's got, not only this game, but over the course of the season, have been absolutely atrocious. And then you get the Travis Frederick tripping call, which you know basically ends the game. You're fourth and eleven, you know, in bad weather. It's awfully hard to to convert that. Um, What is going on here? Who wants to see those kind of penalties called in major games? Because what the what the officiating basically did was ruin what could have been a really fun ending to a game by inserting themselves uh, on a play that absolutely had no you know, there, there was nothing to call on that one. Uh, you know, I mean, look, it's a lot of people want to talk about special teams. We're going to talk about special teams. A lot of people want to talk about coaching decisions. I mean, we could talk about coaching decisions for sure. Um, it's hard to. I'm having a hard time listening to all of those conversations because none of those things had as much of an impact as three or four different penalties that were called in this game. And, you know, there weren't a ton of different penalties. Uh, the, the three, but, but specifically the two tripping calls and the holding call on, on, on Smith, Tyron, were all egregious to the point where yeah. it's, like, it's disgusting. Uh, and then, you know, I kind of think that I kind of think that they should have ruled that Amari Cooper catch a catch. I mean, they, they, it was ruled as a catch on the on the field. To me, the ground was the one that caused whatever incompletion, but he never lost control of the ball. And 
Yeah. I also it, feel it, like it didn't. It really didn't move. I also really feel like we were owed a pretty serious makeup call. You know, I mean, that's the thing is that it it felt like. At the very least, I was like, okay, I will accept this as long as I'm getting my makeup call to continue this game because this right. is ridiculous. And when it never came, like, I, I was shocked because at the very least, that, you know, makeup calls, say what you will, they're BS because don't make a bad call in the first place. But at right. the same time, that has been the way that at least it feels like there has been justice in, over these years. And, and that's where I feel like the difference is now, Marcus, is that this is now the second game where it wasn't just one or two, but it was like three or four different calls by the refs that all went the other way, and all four were very, very questionable. And 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 when you're you know when it's the home team and when it's the Patriots, it's hard, hard not to look at that and go, what what are you talking about? Like what what you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just yeah, it's just it's, it's hard. It's really hard to 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 to. to Continue to to tout the credibility of the NFL when stuff like that happens. Just let them play the game, man. Are you kidding me? That's like, what I said. Like, who who wants that call anyway? It's like even if it was a tripping. Let's say that Zach or you know Travis Frederick actually tripped them. Does anybody really want it called at that point in the game? It, it reminds me of like in the NBA. I, I can get on the the refs a lot in the NBA. They're not not nowhere near. I mean, good enough either. But when you get last, down to the last two minutes, you got to have a pretty egregious, you know, contact to, to get a foul. They, it, they basically let him play. The substitution uh, penalty against the Rams, you know, like it's yeah, it's like yeah. that. The, the one against the the Packers that they called the the random the random penalty that they, no one ever calls. It's just time and a time again, it feels like they dust off BS penalties, and suddenly the Cowboys get a rash of them right at a at a key moment. And it's and it's game over. I, you know, look, and, and, it, and this to me feeds into the whole coaching decision thing because that fourth and seven call, and let's let's talk about this real quick. Mm-hmm. To me, I understand the numbers. I understand that the numbers tell you to go for it there. I I definitely think that this qualifies as the outlier to ignore the numbers because the numbers are dealing with a vast majority of play of plays that have little to no weather uh, uh uh you know value to them this is this is the outlier this is the actual outlier where there are, are conditions that are factoring into this situation that i think are would, would potentially throw the numbers off this is the one of the yeah. few situations where I, I say the numbers may not give you the best answer and that's fair here would be my counter argument to that but before they do that really one quick thing on tripping and then we'll we'll yeah please there uh in the history of the nfl tripping has only been called twice in the same game uh you know twice in the same game twice ever in the league history i hope i made that clear two times uh both times it's against dallas cowboys 2009 and 2019 that's just just thought i'd throw that out there wow um uh, back to the decision. I, I actually think that it, it made even more sense to go for it on two or to go for it on fourth down there, considering the weather, because it's just so hard to move the ball in that rain. You were already down there, and I think. But you know, obviously, you had you, the fourth quarter. You, go, you had the wind going to your back in the fourth quarter, right. and you had Tom Brady and, going into the wind. That's and, that's the. But I think, and I think that's why I'm even why I think it's even more 
beneficial to go for it for you know go for the fourth down conversion because if you don't get it new england now has to drive what 95 yards to get a touchdown they're going to be if you do stop them they're going to be punting into the wind so your field position is going to be better i think that's why i think a lot of people were upset that they did at least try it. But, but then you're also playing to tie not to win and it's it's true but at that point i think a touchdown is more important you at least get to the tie right because I, I just think it was against the number one ranked defense playing in New England, considering the weather, to get another score seemed pretty difficult, at least in regular. I don't know, man. I, uh, I, I, it seemed to me that they were the, every every drive they got, they got better against that defense. And, well, and, here's the thing. T- to be honest, I, I don't think that's the biggest mistake of the game. I, I think there's all, so many other things that we can talk about other than that specific moment because. I kind of feel like the game was lost before we even got there. What's why? I mean, look, I also also would like to go in, 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 and that's the other thing that I think that is a little frustrating is that the level of assumption that we were going to win this game posthumously now is like it's hilarious. Like everyone walked into this into this game. I'm pretty sure that I'm the only person who actually picked the Cowboys to win this game, as far as I know. Of people picking yeah, you and Katie Drummond, you guys were it. yeah. I mean seriously, because it's so like the idea that like everyone is like expecting to win this game and that it was it was you know some sort of gimme game. This is ridiculous. They they beat the spread. They you know like they they. They, I think that they played, even though the game was not perfect, obviously, you know, they played a pretty good game, all things considered. And, and, and considering that this is a team that has now won 21 straight in, in, uh, in Foxborough. And, you know, I, I just think that there is this level of disgust that is dumb. I think I don't know the way to put it. It's just like, yeah, we went into this game expecting to lose. We're touchdown underdogs. We lost by four. It's, you know, we could have probably won the game, but we didn't. It's not, I don't know. This is not the Jets game to me. I feel, I'm feeling a Jets game reaction. The Jets game reaction was appropriate. This is less appropriate. All right, let's, we'll, we're going to talk about why maybe I think this was a disappointing game. Uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and we're going to talk about it. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Landon, so before the break, you were talking about why maybe we shouldn't be upset about this loss as we were the Jets game, and I think I think you're, that's fair. Certainly the Jets game was one where Dallas should have won, uh, but there was a billion reasons why they lost that game. I think what's disappointing for fans in this one is it really felt like this was a statement game. If the Cowboys can win this game... You know, maybe we feel different about this team. And, you know, going into the fourth quarter, the Cowboys were, you know, they were down by, what were they down by, four points going into the fourth quarter. I think people had the expectations, hey, you know, that we're hanging around in this game. We're not playing great, but we still have a chance to win. And then it was a comedy of errors on special teams, and that's what I want to get to right now, Landon. We talked about this on uh, Friday's podcast 
about you know how there's a pretty big gap in the special teams units here. Uh, we even talked about the specific types of situations the Cowboys were going to be put in. We talked about the, the kickoffs that New England was going to do against Dallas, and they seem completely unprepared for that. What in the world is going on with the Cowboys special teams unit? I mean, a, a, a coach who's overmatched, you know. I mean, they clearly don't have uh, – I think Keith O'Quinn needs to go. I mean, we said – I actually said it. I think we actually said it before the game, you know. Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. I, I, And frankly, this is one of the situations that I blame the Joneses. This was a bad idea to walk into this season with this guy as the special teams coach. Now, okay, do we are we blaming Joneses or are we blaming Jason Garrett who hired him, right? I mean, is, I okay, 50-50. I mean, but that's fine. I, you okay. know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I have to think that that the, the, this was not only just Jason's choice, uh, and and I definitely put some blame there. But uh, you know, we should have known last year. The, last year, the special teams was one of the worst in the league. I think they were 32nd in DVOA. It's not a surprise that they're bad again. This I year. think you know the idea is again that they they're trying to develop coaches and they like this guy, but I I think it's just it's too, it's uh it, it's it's too it was too far a bridge to hope that he would get that much better because he was really bad last year and I don't know, I mean it's hard to judge how much better you know I don't it's hard to granularly judge that of a special teams coach but mm-hmm. it doesn't appear that they are the coaching has gotten any better. So, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what, what, what's going it, on with, with, with uh, the level. I mean, it's, I mean, clearly it's not good. The results are not good for sure. It's, I mean, this is hard to project, but let's say the Cowboys had an average special teams coach. Let's say Rich Bisacci is here. What is the record difference for the Cowboys? Are they one win better? One win better? Are they two wins better? What do you think? I would, one to two probably. I mean, I, I think I mean, there's, there's two games. significant. Well, yeah. I mean, it is. Well, no, see, the, somebody asked me this yesterday. Uh, how many wins better? And obviously, I think you can point to the Patriots game, and then you can point to the Minnesota game with Tavon, right? Or at least, you know, maybe there's a chance that Tavon makes a play. I went back and looked at the Saints game last night because I'm a lunatic, and the, one of the Saints' only big drives in that game was on a punt return. They had a 30-yard punt return that set up – uh, a field goal for the Saints where they had to go 10 yards. That was basically the game. They took the lead and the game was over. I, I mean, I think you can make a case at at least three wins difference. And then, you know, you're looking at a, what? If, if the Cowboys win all three, all three of those games, you're looking at a 9-3 and three team, a 9-2 and two team. There's there's a, I, that, there's a like a, 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 a buildup. There's, there's, you know, a certain amount. It, it's not even just like like that. It's, it's you know, five, four or five slightly better plays a game. That adds up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you, you're, you're mentioning specific plays where special teams hurt them. I, I also think accumulative. That's what I meant to say. There's like a cumulative yeah, yeah, effect yeah. per game in this stuff where it adds up. I don't know about three games because three games for special teams out, especially out of so, eleven so, so, or games we played or whatever, twelve games. So even say one though. I, I think, think one to two. One, it's, it's fair though, yeah. and that's and that's and I'm and I'm certainly. I'm not poo-pooing that at all. One or two games is a ton, you know. It's significant. And, yeah. Oh yeah, and so, absolutely. So yeah, I think, I, I think it's, it's enough that I, I feel like again they need to find a solution to this before the end of the season if they have any aspirations for this season at all. 
And it doesn't appear that's on the horizon. Uh, Ed Warder tweeted today that the Cowboys are not going to make a move uh, to change special teams coaches in the near future. They want to see how this plays out over the next couple of weeks. I, you know, look, uh, I look. First of all, I, I, I think that that's uh, that that statement probably extends through Thursday. You know what I'm saying? I, I would agree. I, yeah, I, I, if it's a I disaster again on Thursday, you've got three days to get ready for a football game. You don't need to be hanging the guys jobs specifically obviously there's a certain amount of like you know uh, uh uh implied heat for his job but i don't think you need to say that you're going to fire a guy while he's trying to prepare for a, a game three days from now you have to you'd have to wait till after thanksgiving anyways i agree um i mean we could do a whole show on special teams but i don't want to do that today uh just we've got a couple of minutes left lane and cowboys are six and five through 11 games how do you feel about this team going forward? Do you have confidence that they can still make the playoffs and make you know do some damage? Uh, what are your general feelings about this team? I still feel like, you know, like I still feel relatively okay about this team. I mean, I still feel like it can get it, it can get into the playoffs. I still feel like that's certainly achievable. And then I, I think that once they're in the playoffs. You know, if things hit right, they can go 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 places. They have a a, a good enough offense that uh, you know that I think that it they can do th- make some noise in the playoffs if if they get in there. So I, I just think at this point, you you know, you've kind of ruled out the week one by. I think that's outside of the realm of possibility now. Uh, you, you've ru- you've probably ruled out home field advantage. I mean, obviously as well. So yeah. it's just at this point it, it's kind of like okay we need to get into the playoffs that's the that's the goal that's the focus and once you're in the playoffs you know anything goes it's it's all just there's a there's a certain amount of it that is luck and and you just need to get in there with as healthy as you can and and then it's a whole new season it doesn't really matter what happened before you've got your schedule uh, and and this is your real opportunity you're just trying to get in the door and then once you're in the door. Any any team could win that thing. All right, so a couple things really quickly. Um, obviously, the Cowboys are still in pole position to win the NFC East. Uh, they're at six and five. The Eagles are at five and six. Now, the Eagles over the next three weeks have a very very soft schedule. They play at Miami, home against the Giants, at Washington. They should win all three of those games. For the Cowboys to make Week 16, which is their matchup against Philadelphia, basically a playoff game, they have to win one of their next three games. I feel pretty confident that they're going to do that, right? Which basically means, at the very worst, the season comes down to that Week 16 game against Philadelphia uh, on the 22nd. (laughs) I mean, who knows what's going to happen at that point. But, I, I mean, it's, there's a great chance that no matter what happens over the next couple of weeks, that game is going to matter. Now, if the Cowboys can get off to, you know, if they can win against Buffalo and they can beat Chicago and they can beat the Rams, they could potentially make that Philadelphia game meaningless, where they could lose that game and still be fine. Uh, obviously, if the Eagles slip up over the next, you know, three weeks, uh, that would help as well. But the Cowboys somehow, thank you to the NFC East for being absolutely atrocious, are still in a great position to host a playoff game uh, come January. 
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.